you're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, we had a great show last week. Lloyd Auerbach, certainly one of our best guests. I think our listeners agree. Because I'm looking at the comments made. There aren't a lot of them, but those who did listen to him really enjoyed what he had to say. It was one of our most downloaded episodes. And I was very impressed by his level-headed approach to the whole subject, by the fact that he's not afraid to be appropriately skeptical. Right. Well, we're going to have three in a row, a trifecta with level-headed experts. Right, and we'll get into that in a moment. This is one where anytime we have this guest on, it's going to be direct, it's going to be forthright, and we'll even worry as we progress whether he'll get so ornery he'll just leave. So that could happen. Yeah, it could. It could. Uh, You know, all bets are off. (laughs) We'll explain that in a few moments. Okay. So, as most of you know, despite one's better judgment, I am a member of MUFON and have been for quite a long time. We know that MUFON has this TV show that uses their name called Hangar One, which has got an incredible amount of criticisms because of the fact that they've put on some cases there for the sensational value, not because these cases are necessarily credible. Or even MUFON reports. Right. So was it the old story of Jackie Gleason? And one of the presidents seeing the little gray men or whatever. You know, it's for nonsense. But I'm looking here at the May 2014 edition of MUFON's journal, issue number 553. So imagine this. They've published 553 monthly magazines. And that's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of information. And in this one, Jan Harzan, who's their international director and has been a guest on the Paracast, by the way. Yeah. He remarks here that the TV show has brought a flood of new witnesses, that a lot of people having watched this show have taken it seriously, despite the questionable nature of the content, but that's my editorial comment, and have reported their experiences, but some are pretty wacky. So he talks about supposedly somebody who was traveling from Phoenix to San Diego. This is back in the 1970s. And he picked up a hitchhiker. Now, we all know that that's not necessarily the safest thing to do because when you pick up a hitchhiker, you don't know who they are and what they're planning. He picked up the hitchhiker, a gentleman who claimed to be E.T., claimed to be an extraterrestrial. That's one of the things they heard. Okay, that's pretty wacky. Let's get to the other one here where somebody claimed to have befriended a gentleman in the military who said he had some important information he needed to keep safe and then told a story about being followed by men in black. Now, it's very possible these cases are as described, that somebody picked up a hitchhiker and that person claimed to be E.T. It's also possible that there were alleged men in black involved in this other case. Very possible. But you wonder here whether a TV show like that with outrageous improperly researched information attracts a crowd of people who are going to report wacky stuff. I think that's kind of a foregone conclusion. You know, I'm just wondering about the guy that picked up E.T. Didn't he notice that he had a long skinny neck and these like paddle-like feet and was only about two and a half feet tall? Well, if it was that, but the person claimed to have assumed a human form. So it's not to upset anybody. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the E.T. 
No, the ET. What? You know, who knows? Who knows what form ET might take? And who knows whether or not the form in which we see them is their real form? You know, you think back to the movie Contact, where in that movie Jodie Foster supposedly meets ET, who appears to her in the form of her late father, with whom she had unresolved issues, whatever. And he said that he did that to appear more acceptable to her. Not like the creatures and it came from outer space. Who knows yeah, what but, ET but, looks but, but, like? But wait a minute, wait a minute, Gene. Hold on. If they have the technology to fly between star systems, what the hell is the guy doing hitchhiking? It doesn't make sense. He wants to see how the other half lives. What, they, they ran out of trilithium crystal and he had to like hitchhike to the nearest uh, star station or something? Or Well, remember Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Right. They had to get those dilithium crystals. And of course, in 20th century Earth, getting dilithium crystals is pretty difficult. Scotty had to work extra hard. He had to use a first-generation Apple Macintosh, for example, to create transparent aluminum. Does anyone right. know what I'm talking about? Is that the one with the whales? They had to capture the whales? They had to capture the humpback whales. Right. And that's the one directed by... Leonard Nimoy. Right. And you know what other film he directed? I Am Curious Yellow. You wish. Three Men and a Baby. Really? Really, the first one, he directed that. <laughs> boy, you are just, you are quite the film buff, boy. Well, you know, I do want to let the cat out of the bag. I've been in touch with Tracy Torme and maybe doing a little research uh. for 701 the movie. <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay. All right, we're looking into current cases, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Looking for cases like 2013, 2014. As a matter of fact, there is one. In the MUFON Journal, December 25th, 2013, one of these nighttime sightings where someone's in a car and they see this big dark object, you know, one of those typical classic style cases that happen at night. And, you know, it's funny. If you look at the reports of UFOs in 2013, we had almost a genuine flap there. Maybe it didn't get national publicity as in the old days. But there are lots of sightings, not just in the MUFON Journal. Yeah, No, there definitely was a spike, especially in the beginning of the year. Right, also in Canada. Chris Rutkowski was on our show just a few weeks back talking about the Canadian UFO flap. Right. An amazing number of sightings, as if E.T., or whatever the UFOs are, and we're not saying it's E.T., as if they have returned to see what's going on. Or maybe because the Arctic caps are melting, Maybe they're being driven south. Right. So they can't have their Arctic and Antarctic bases anymore. Right. Their fortresses of solitude. Yes. The fortress of solitude is going to melt. Think about that. Maybe the next Man of Steel movie, Batman versus Superman, his fortress of solitude will have melted. He'll have to get an apartment in Metropolis or something. You know, rents are pretty high. You know, working as a reporter, you don't get a lot of money. How does he afford it? It's even worse in Gotham City. Yeah, but Bruce Wayne's a billionaire, so it doesn't matter. Oh, true. As is in the Arrow TV series, Oliver Queen is a billionaire, although in the series now he's an ex-billionaire. We have a great guest today, and I don't know what we're talking about, but let's talk about our guest. And this guest is a number one in our book. He's somebody who's been on the show before, and he is forthright. He is direct. Oh, boy, is he. He takes no prisoners. Nope. <laughs> No, he doesn't. Uh, Ray Stanford, again, I, I, I sound like a broken record. Uh, I have not met anyone in this field that has the 50-plus, almost 60-year um, 
history and experience of investigating real time, going out in the field and investigating UFO reports and actually gaining uh, incredible evidence that uh, is very controversial here at the Paracast. But, uh, you know, having seen this, uh, these presentations and along with a lot of other uh, people outside of the field of ufology that have seen these. This is no elite ufology club, as one of our posters uh, whined. Uh, he has made his material available to a number of scientists in a number of dis- different disciplines. And, you know, if you piggy- piggyback on top of his paleontological work of, of looking down and looking at trackways, Ray's been looking up for 60 years and, and looking at trackways in the sky. And, you know, at some point, this information is going to come out and all the naysayers and boo birds are going to have to take one big giant step back. Uh, I'm really glad that Ray agreed to come on the show. He's he's pretty shy and retiring when it comes to, uh, you know, exposing, uh, you know, his current thinking, his current work on uh, radio and on TV. But um, he recently had... Uh, so we're really looking forward to having Ray on the show, and we're going to hear a lot of really interesting stuff, as as usual. You want to sit down? You want to get ready for this one? It's going to be a doozy. Ray Stanford, coming up next with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. 
But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Proud to have Ray Stanford back on the Paracast. As I said before, we're not just trying to butter him up. He's always one of our favorite guests. He's forthright, he's honest, he's direct, he takes no prisoners. But I think if you upset him, you'll become his prisoner. I don't know. But anyway, Ray, (laughs) welcome back on the show. Now, I thought of you again because a few weeks back we had James Fox, who's working on this new UFO documentary, which is currently called 701. And he mentioned spending a week with you, Ray. Can you tell us more about that? Well, yeah, he spent, I think, eight days here at least, and uh, it was a wonderful time. He's a mighty fine person who I believe is trying to do a really bang-up job uh, from talking with him, and I had some talk with him last night. Uh, I think that they may come up with absolutely the finest uh, UFO-related movie that has ever been done, I mean, way beyond anything else. His objectivity and uh, direct honesty, desire to present things as they are without exaggeration, just being factual, and so on, impressed me a lot. We went through a a lot of things when James was here, and uh, we spent, I think, two days or more uh, at the National Archive. And, of course, as I think he probably mentioned in the the interview that you had with him a few weeks ago, that we came across a a great document that just thrilled me, more thrilled than I've had in years, uh, in which... uh, uh, that was written in early September 1964 by Dr. J. Allen Hynek to uh, the uh, Division of Foreign Technology at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base that actually drew the red symbol that the Moore had seen on the side of the vehicle. And indeed, it contained the, the V with three lines that uh, I had said in my appendix in the book was probably the real symbol and not the one with the arc with the arrow and the line under it 
that Zamora had told people he had seen after he had a heart-to-heart conversation with Captain Richard T. Holder, who was the uprange commander at White Sands. Uh, that was the integrated home in White Sands Range, which means it was uh, used jointly by the Air Force and the Army. So uh, that was a thrill to finally have a confirmation. I had taken a lot of flack from predictable sources that said, well, for example, um, the late uh, uh, Dick Hall had tied into me and said, well, look, I called Zamora two weeks after the event, and I asked him to send me a drawing of what he saw on the side of the thing. And I've got this drawing, and it's an arc with an arrow and a line under it. Well, of course, but that's what Zamora promised, that he would, he promised uh, uh, Richard T. Holder, uh, the uprange commander at White Sands, that he would do. And he was just doing his patriotic duty. It was, in my opinion, a, simply a textbook uh, intelligence uh, ploy, and a good one, because I can understand Holder's position. He just uh, didn't see that there was any reason why the public needs to know exactly what Zamora saw. But if they began to get copycat reports from, you know, Joe Copycat out there and describing the wrong symbol on the side, they wouldn't have to investigate it. And this was, I think, one of the, if not the major reason why he wanted Zamora to obfuscate the symbol. But let me, in mentioning that, I mentioned that the obfuscation of the occupants and by Dr. Heineck in his press conference described in my Socorro book. The uh, obfuscation, in fact, by Zamora for quite a while afterward, after he had talked to the FBI agent Arthur Barnes, was uh, at the request of Barnes, he suggested that he not get into publicly the discussion of the fact that there were these little uh, beings there. Now, people have asked me, and I went over this with James uh, Fox quite uh, in detail, People have asked me, now, did Zamora really say that these guys were, were little bitty guys or were they could have just been small, you know, five foot six humans? The answer is they definitely were small. He stood there beside the northwest creosote bush, the, by the northwest imprint, uh, Leninger imprint. He stood there. He was on my right and uh, Heineck was on my left. And he put his right hand up about six inches below the branch that was sticking out there. And he said, I'm up there on on the rise. He said, I saw him standing there. He said his head came about this far down below this branch. And I said, Monty, uh, in practical terms, what would you, what kind of person, what height person would you put there? How would you describe it? He said, well, it, it was like a, like a little boy, maybe 10 years old. There was no ambiguity about it. Of course, he was with Heineck, to whom he was supposed to tell the truth, <laughs> nothing but the truth. He was the Air Force representative at that time. And uh, this was not in the public situation. But ironically, when we got over to the press conference uh, within the half hour uh, afterward at the motel, if you read the, the account verbatim from a tape recording in my book at that press conference, Heineck, as I described it, pussyfoots again and again. And uh, Walter Schrode of Radio KSRC in Socorro said, well, did he tell you about seeing these small beings? And uh, he said, no, I, he didn't say anything. Uh, about any uh, uh, small beings to me, he described something about you know, something that resembled white coveralls. I suppose hanging on a line outside the graph for drying. That, that's what Heineck did right after, I mean, within a half an hour after, right there on the site, the more I had discussed this with us and, and told how small these beings were. Now, let me ask you a question here so we can define it better. What value is served by not giving so much information about the beings. I understand maybe you want to hide those labels, those emblems, because you don't want right. fakers to know what's going right. on. Right. 
But okay. why didn't we hear so much about the being seen? Well, excellent question. With the case. And here's my uh, hypothesis to explain that. I believe that the FBI agent uh, felt that if he said that there were these little guys out there, that immediately this would lend itself in the public mind to the interpretation that little aliens had landed there in the craft. In other words, it would it would tilt it toward the extraterrestrial interpretation. And I think that in his mind, in, in uh, uh, J. Arthur Burns, the FBI agent's mind, that was a perfectly good reason to uh, to ask him to play that down. I think that might have been the words he used or, or not to discuss it anyway, because you know, it, it really would. Um, immediately, it begins to sound like the guy saw aliens because we don't usually have... For example, in Black Project Craft, we don't usually have a couple of midgets flying them around. Good point. For our uh, new listeners and folks maybe not up to speed about the Socorro incident, this is one of the cornerstone cases in ufology in the estimation of many ufologists that have studied this phenomenon for decades. This is one of the most important cases. And Ray's book, Socorro Saucer in a Pentagon Pantry, in my estimation, my my opinion, is the finest book ever written about a single UFO case. I mean, there is, you literally, uh, not only do you leave no stone unturned, you un- you overturn stones and found incredible physical evidence. Right. Now, Ray, we've had in the last three years, there's been an attempt to uh, rewrite history by, by some um, uh, researchers out there that have, have claimed that a a letter written by a professor at a local college there, written to Linus Pauling, actually, the, uh, the famous Linus Pauling, um, Nobel Prize winner, that, uh, that this was all, the Socorro event was all a hoax by college students, and they put up a balloon with some flares on it and uh, to get back at Zamora for whatever reason. Now, a lot of people have uh, chimed in on this, in my estimation, ludicrous uh, interpretation or explanation. Dave Rudiak has, has uh, been very, very vocal about it. Now, we did a whole show uh, discussing this, uh, which I recommend that our listeners go back and listen to. But but what is what is your recent uh, feelings about this? Do you think that the, with the 50-year anniversary now of Socorro, do you feel that this case still is is as important and um, and as relevant, I think, now as it was prior to these um, revisionist historians. Good. We'll have Ray's answer at the other side. We have Ray Stanford joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know.
This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganix.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terraganix. Life's getting better. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Now, before we go on with Ray Stanford, I do want to say one thing. You know, we want to be very fair here on the Paracast and give different viewpoints their expression. So in the case of the Sakara case, the certain blogger with a certain blog who made the biggest splash over claiming it was some kind of hoax or something, we invited that person to come on the PowerCast, and he has given us every which way of an excuse not to come on the show. First, he didn't have time. Then he had a sensitive job that would somehow be impacted if he went on a paranormal radio show, <laughs> although he has no problem about writing about the paranormal, oh, yeah. about UFOs and print. 
We're not going to mention his name or the blog, Ray. Okay, you know who he is, of course. But okay, we're not I'll gonna... try to restrain myself. <laughs> you must restrain yourself because we don't want to give this person publicity. Because I feel sometimes outrageous blog entries are meant as hit bait. They want to exactly. get traffic. They can sell ads. They can get the Google AdSense dollars. I don't know. And then he comes up with another blog attacking me and saying, well, he doesn't want to come on the show because I've had some financial problems, which a lot of people have. And that's a reason not to come on the show. Oh, boy. But, you know, at the end of the day, we have one very simple word about that, and it's called chicken. I mean, if he feels <laughs> that he has sufficient evidence to support his point of view, we're happy to yeah. hear it. Yeah, but, we, we wanted to have Ray and, and this person uh, do a debate. Right. And went, as soon as he heard that, forget it. There was just no no way that he was going to do that. And well, I don't I, want to give this person any extra publicity or traffic. I know that after this show, he will be ranting and raving on that blog about how we're treating him. That's too bad. We gave him the chance to be on the show. All we got were excuses. So let's go past that. But obviously, the question is out there, Ray. How do you respond to people who might take something like this seriously? Okay. It's very simple. Let me go back to my days, my first days at Socorro, and I've spent quite a number of visits there. But uh, my very first visit there, uh, Walter Schrode of Radio KSRC and I were sitting having uh, dinner in a restaurant there in Socorro. And he said, oh, by the way, he said, I, I went over to uh, the New Mexico School of Mines Tech, whatever they call it there today, and talked to uh, Sterling Colgate, who's the guy that Linus Poling had gotten a letter from. And I asked him what he thought about this, and he said, well, of course, it's, it's, a, uh, it's obviously a student prank. And he said, oh, really? He said, do you know who did it? He said, no, I, I don't know who did it. Uh, but he said, you know, look, the stars are too far away. He said, uh, people are saying that an alien craft landed there. Well, it's impossible, so it had to be a student prank. We don't have a technology of that type that could do what was described. But he said... It's, it has to be because the stars are too far away. Well, that to me is not a scientist talking. It sounds more like uh, faith. But anyway, uh, so uh, Schrode kind of laughed and I kind of laughed. And, you know, well, that's your typical academia got his head in the books, but not looking at the case. Here, years later, this letter crops up at where he happens to say to Linus Pauling that it was to notes. Well, I think that once, yeah, I don't think he intended that to become public. He was just stating his opinion. But, but, but after the years had passed, just remembering it more as the fact. That's the way people of, of faith are. And does he dare come out and say, well, you know, I, I was just, you know, that was just my opinion. Oh, no, not after those years in a letter to Linus Pauling. I don't think he would. And uh, here's the problem with the whole story. It doesn't match the facts. In the first place, uh, Lonnie Zamora, contrary to the reports that you read, even in the Air Force files, they'll talk about that the distances vary from 800 feet or so that he was up on the hill when he saw the Occupants down below to uh, the more accurate accounts of over 400 feet, but uh, probably less than 500 feet. The accounts will tell you that, oh, well, he parked his car. One of them says 120 feet from the object in the ravine and, and then got out and took a few steps started. That's not true. Uh, when I was there, Dr. Heineck had been driven there by the uh, state police uh, sergeant, uh, Samuel Chavez, with Zamora, and he asked Zamora to have him park the car exactly where he parked his. And so I stood there in the door trying to feel as the more felt of that police car. And I know exactly where it was. And it was almost exactly 50 feet from the central line of where that thing was sitting in the ravine. And when Zamora finally took steps out of it, out of the car, 
and he took, if I remember correctly, three steps. And uh, Alan asked me if I would walk off for them the distance from where Zamora had hit the ground in a prone position with his head in the opposite direction as he'd been trying to do in the Army motions. Uh, I walked that off, and it was about 35 feet. Now, it's a clear, beautiful day. Let me point out that the, the wind was gusting out of the west-southwest, and there were gusts up to over 40 miles per hour at times. I don't know where the beats are coming from, but we'll ignore them. Keep that in mind. It's a very important fact. Anyway, Zamora saw this thing at close range, and he still had his glasses on. That's very important. They weren't knocked off until he ran after the engine, the takeoff engine, turned on. And uh, in the tremendous roar, he finally got up when he realized it wasn't exploding, ran and bumped into the back left uh, fender or, or bumper of the car, lost his glasses. So he had a good look within 50 and then 35 feet of the thing and the insignia on the side. Now, the story that's been perpetrated on this case is that, well, finally they decided, well, these guys must have had a hot air balloon. Well, there's some big problems with that. In the first place, the thing was seen by tourists heading into uh, the Whiting Brothers service station on the north side of town. And Opal Grinder and his son, Jimmy, uh, had no idea what had happened down south of town with Zamora. But these tourists stopped in Old Green Cadillac, and Jimmy was wiping the windshield, and uh, the, the guy said to uh, Opal Grinder, he said, you know, you, you got some weird pilots flying around here. Uh, this weird aircraft almost took the, the roof off of my, my antenna, he said, the, the radio antenna off her car. He said, I saw this thing go over to the southwest of us. And he said, he said I saw a policeman and head up, up the hill in the direction it had gone. Let's keep in mind that then there had to be a balloon in the air. And Zamora saw this, uh, apparently a, a landing exhaust flame. He heard the roar first. And he looked over there. He saw the flame. So this alleged hot air balloon had to be in the air. So you have to decrease the heat in order to make the thing descend. Now, this takes considerable time. In the first place, the hot air balloon should not have produced enough noise that Zamora would have heard it in his police car. The wind was blowing strong. It, it's impossible. In the first place, they would have to lower the temperature and gradually bring it to the ground. Okay? There was a very short time that it took Zamora to get to the top of the hill. In a few more seconds, he saw the two occupants that were outside the craft, and he then went around alongside them that came up 50 feet from it and then took three steps, as I said. Okay. Immediately, the thing took off. They would have had to have then, having landed it and cut the temperature out of the hot air balloon, you would have to reheat it to make it rise. Impossible in the short time. If you've ever had any dealing with hot air balloons, as I have, it, it rises up to 20 feet and takes off directly into the west-southwest wind, the wind out of the west-southwest that was gusting at times over 40 miles per hour and was pretty steady over 30 miles per hour. Wouldn't that make it pretty difficult also to control a hot air balloon? I would say so. It'd be impossible. Uh, You you wonder what propulsion they had to propel this thing against this wind. Well, when it got over near the Perlite Mill over on the other side of Highway 60, which is west of the landing site, it took off rather vertically and very rapidly and very quickly became invisible due to distance. And I would mention here that there was a witness that most people don't know about, but several police officers that were friends of New Mexico State Police Sergeant Sam Chavez told me that he, contrary to what he told the media, he got the radio signal from Zamora. Zamora wanted him to come out there. He came, and he did see it far away up in the sky it was, when it was, it was climbing up away from and then raising elevation. Bear in mind, this thing did not point its uh, axis exactly 
in the direction of travel as it was going up vertically, which is typical of, of these uh, anomalous aerologics. So the thing, at tremendous speed is going up. He saw it from the end on, the, the round cross section of it. The bags were, of course, already inside of it. But it was disappearing rapidly, very quickly. Uh, there is no way that you can make a hot air balloon rise very quickly and, in fact, go out of sight. And I think, as Rudiak has shown, that uh, the, the short time that was required to go out of sight, considering the size, would suggest that it probably became supersonic at that point. But not only can you not make a hot air balloon go supersonic, but even if you don't assume it was supersonic, it's, it's, it's climbing up. What's making it stay in a, in a vertical climb, an almost vertical climb, slightly into the uh, southwest, against the southwest wind instead of being blowing off, blowing off to the uh, uh, east-northeast? It's impossible. There's a lot more to say and a lot more to explain about why this could not have been a hot air balloon, and Ray will tell you more about it with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Imagine an acne treatment breakthrough that even Proactive says is better than Proactive. Announcing all new Proactive Plus, the revolutionary new way to clear your skin from the number one name in acne care. Proactive Plus is our best, most effective solution ever. And when you call 1-800-721-4255 today, you can have it tomorrow. Proactive Plus is the modern acne miracle that treats your skin beautifully. The plus means more. More precise, targeted medicine for faster, gentler acne prevention. And more skin-loving solutions so your complexion can look bright and beautiful. I am just so happy with Proactive Plus. I don't think my skin has ever looked this good. Call 1-800-721-4255. Be one of the first to try Proactive Plus. Guaranteed 100% risk-free. You won't see this limited-time offer on TV. It's a radio exclusive. 1-800-721-4255. 1-800-721-4255. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. 
For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then Design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit drortman.com. That's Dr. O R T M A N.com. Or call us today, 952 303 9124. That's 952 303 9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, Chiropractic Done Right. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? So we have the claim here that is being refuted step by step, inch by inch, from Ray Stanford, explaining why the Sicaro, New Mexico UFO could not have been a hot air balloon, even if you ignore the two small beings. So we can't have supersonic ray, we can't have supersonic hot air balloons unless that's itself some kind of alien phenomenon. It does. It surely yeah, we, does. We, we won't even talk about the physical evidence left behind at the site. I mean, <laughs> I mean let me mention one aspect of physical evidence that there was there was a, uh, a television broadcast uh, which there was analysis done on Socorro. There was analysis done at a lab from some of the, the soil of the ravine. And it was determined that uh, nobody could have melted this soil with a blowtorch. In fact, it would have taken a sustained heat at over 1,400 degrees centigrade to produce that soil in a, in a vitrified state, a glassified, turned to glass. And uh, let me say that uh, the first reports of this vitrified glass came to the UFO world from uh, the now late Dr. Jim McDonald at the University of Arizona, Tucson. He was the senior atmospheric physicist there, James McDonald. And uh, he had learned it from a lady who I have a picture of her standing at the site with uh, with Air Force people uh, and uh, the FBI agent. Her name was uh, her last name was May. I think her first name, if I remember correctly, was Mary. And uh, she uh, contacted Dr. McDonald and told him that uh, that uh, vitrified soil from the site had been taken and analyzed at a lab, I believe, in uh, Las Vegas, not in Nevada, but Las Vegas, New Mexico. Well, this is very interesting because uh, I just discovered last week in uh, an Air Force uh, file on this that uh, the physical evidence was not taken by the Air Force. You see no mention of, uh, uh, except for, for a search for hydrocarbons or propulsive materials in, in, in the uh, the leaves that I helped collect. I gave him the containers to collect them in for the Air Force. You see no other mention. You don't see the vitrified soil mentioned. Well, that was in fact taken by uh, Captain Richard Holder. He um, 
had told, and it's mentioned in the Air Force report, that he had indicated that they had facilities access to facilities through White Sands to get analysis done. That was then. That's how it got over New Mexico and to ultimately the laboratory in apparently Las Vegas, New Mexico. So we now know the route of it. And since it went through the Army, it's interesting. I, I think that, uh, uh, in fact, my friend Chris uh, Lambright in Texas has, uh, I think, filed two FOIA requests, uh, one to uh, headquarters of Army Intelligence, trying to find out what he can get. And they will not answer him. I mean, he, he they've not responded to his requests. And I think the time limit, is, uh, at least the first time limit on, on a certain type of response has, has passed. I could be wrong. But the point is, They've never responded, but I think there's there's where it disappeared to. It disappeared into Army, and uh, not the Air Force. And um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that the Captain Holder, who was with the Army, had a uh, had a uh, had a conflict of interest, uh, let's say, uh, inter-service rivalry. But you never know. Uh, anyway, uh, that does not show up. No mention of the vitrified soil in the Air Force files. But I should also say that Zamora told me in August of. 64, when I came back right after the debacle at, at, uh, at Goddard Space Flight Center about the uh, the metal scraping on the rock by the landing gear, he told me that uh, state senior patrolman, New Mexico senior patrolman, Ted V. Jordan, uh, had been quite upset because he took what he felt would be very good ectochrome slides with his Argus C3 camera at the site. He arrived within a very short time, a minute and a half or two uh, at the thing, after the thing was gone. He took pictures of all the evidence. He said that. And I have the affidavit from him in my book. And uh, let's say he must have had, he did have the pictures of the, the so-called footprints, which were kind of crude and, 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 and rough, but they seemed to be footprints of possibly the, the small aliens. I, I can't be sure. We don't know because they were not clear enough. But um, he took pictures of all of this using a light meter he was familiar with and a camera he was familiar with. And so, as he told me and says in his affidavit, he assured the pictures turned out perfectly should have, exposure-wise. But he said, he asked Lonnie Zamora, since Heineck was going to be in town in that August, to ask him, how come I didn't get my pictures back? I want my pictures back. And when Zamora, as he told me, talked to Heineck, Heineck said, well, look, we couldn't return it because um, the film was fogged as though by radiation. He may have used the term black and either black or fog as though by radiation. That kind of evidence could lend itself to possibly insight into a highly uh, sophisticated propulsion system, and the pictures could not be returned for that reason. Well, if anyone wants to think that's myth, they better think again, because I have uh, offered, and he will be using in the movie, James Fox will be using in the movie uh, Phenomena 701, I think that's the right title, he will be using a high-quality videotape that I had made in Austin of Alan Hynek sitting right out in front of our uh, executive office building in Austin, and I asked him point blank, Dr. Hynek, did you tell that to Zamora? Did the Air Force tell you that that is the reason they didn't return the film? And he confirms it absolutely and unequivocally. So we have a difficult thing here for the university hoax. One is, if in fact it was irradiated, they'd have to explain where they got an isotope that was so strong that it could irradiate the film taken that night, but the next morning people successfully got pictures. It would take a very unusual, very short half-life isotope. The other problem is, is um, uh, if you don't want to believe the film was irradiated, you can believe that they simply didn't want to return it because it showed too much evidence, including the vitrified soil. And so you can take either one of the 
relation to what they gave or something just as interesting that they just didn't want to have the pictures back because it showed the vitrified soil. Speaking of photographs, Ray, why don't you mention a, a very uh, intriguing recent revelation that you had when you were analyzing a photograph that you took of Alan Hynek's back as he was taking a stereoscopic photograph of the site, the direction of uh, where the craft had evidently flown at that point. Now, for our listeners, uh, please uh, understand that Ray was there right when all the uh, government investigators were arriving, right when uh, you even got there, I think, before Heineck did. So, so we're talking, what, two days, I think, after the event or the day after? Is that okay. correct? No, no, not, not the day after. Uh, uh, I arrived on the, uh, I guess it was the, the 28th, and uh, on the evening of the 28th, and Heineck, in fact, had just arrived, and therefore I... Uh, I had to wait to even see some more until Heineck had him down the hall at the uh, dispatcher's office, uh, police station, uh, sheriff's office, whatever, uh, down the hall for a long, long interview. And uh, uh, this thus was the 28th. It had happened on the 20, uh, the 24th, Friday, the, the 24th of April. But Heineck was, was late, like me, in getting into town. But anyway, uh, the uh, in regard to what you ask, uh, uh, it was really strange. Uh, we were there at the site. And uh, Heineck is kind of in front of me, just to my uh, east, southeast. And, and uh, Heineck says to, to Lonnie and to Chavez, said, look, uh, can you, you indicate me? Well, well I, I would like to take a picture in the direction that this thing was said to approach. What was the direction of approach? Well, I found this interesting because both of the officers had no moment's hesitation. This meant to me that they both had accepted the account of Opal Grinder and his son, that what the tourists told them, that they had been over there northeast of the site, when the thing almost took the antenna off their old green Cadillac, and uh, then it headed in, and Zamora went after it. And so they, they took this at face value, I understood, when immediately both officers pointed into the uh, the northeast, exactly where the tourists had said they were when this happened. So Heineck uh, put up his uh, his uh, Air Force, uh, uh, the Air Force had a, a stereo optical camera for collecting possibly UFO evidence made for Heineck, and he put his his Polaroid, his stereoptical Polaroid up and uh, to take a picture. And I thought, well, this is interesting. I, th this documents at least that uh, that the, the officers take this seriously about the, the approach that would have been uh, indicated by the tourists. And uh, so I said, I've got to get a picture of this. So I put my Orgus C3 up, same kind of camera that the uh, senior patrolman had, had. And uh, I put mine up and took a picture while Heineck was taking his. Now, this this is kind of embarrassing me because uh, you know I had the picture and that was it that was great and uh, but I hadn't really looked at it closely all of those years until I think it was uh, 2009 uh, maybe more recently than that maybe just a couple of years ago I'd have to check my my dates and my notes but uh, uh, I have this picture out of a nice eight by ten photograph of it and it's black and white and uh, let me say it it shows clearly Heineck there with his camera pointing in the direction of, of supposedly approach of the object. And my camera's pointing the same direction. Up to the upper left is what appears to be a, a twin-engine, probably jet heading in toward Holloman Air Force Base, which means it's kind of, kind of up the left and kind of across the picture going toward the, the east-southeast. And uh, lo and behold, exactly where Heine's camera, you know, in the, the uh, let's say approximate direction, we don't know exact, but uh, where Heine's camera appears to be pointing, where mine was pointing, there on the picture, in the photograph, is a 
anomalous aerial object. Oh, wait. Let's just stop right here and do the break. Ray Stanford joins us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. The picture shows an anomalous object, Ray? It does. Uh, and it, it's interesting because it, it, the object also shows properties that I, in the interim, had recognized by getting a lot of, uh, and, and color to movies and, and still pictures of these objects. For example, these objects, um, they produce uh, subtle multi-images of themselves around them, and, and sometimes a multi-imaging trail where they have passed. But off to the side, often, I have this in movies from airliners. I have it, uh, evidence of it in still pictures from the ground. They will produce what uh, some people, pardon my German, but uh, the doppelganger uh, effect, the ghost image effect, in which there is a negative ghost image of the object to the right of it. Now, I, I can show you this I, in my presentation on this. I have in PowerPoint. I show example of this from my uh, 12 1277 film from 39,000 feet from an airliner uh, west southwest of Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, of an object that came up out of the clouds and 
had this ghost image beside it, you can see the absolute detail. The, the ghost negative of the object is exactly the same as the positive, except it's in the negative form. It's flying right along with it. Well, this object out there, right where the Sakura object would have been in relationship to the question, the direction of approach, here's this thing, and even has its ghost image, and it, uh, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, when I discovered this, I think I must have kind of broken out into a, whole, a cold sweat with a little laugh, combining, thinking, well, you know, maybe those little guys are laughing their little green asses off. <laughs> it, uh, I didn't see this all these years, you know, and uh, here all of a sudden, you know, the great UFO researcher, after all these, uh, you know, 40, however many years, <laughs> discovers it in the picture. Why but, you know, didn't you see it before? Just because I, I, looking? I only my only interest in the picture. I mean, it's it's small. You know, it's not a thing sitting there twenty feet away, and it's out there. About probably, if it was the size of the more described, it would be right out there in the area where the highway was, where it passed over that car. And uh, you know, it's not not glaring at you, not screaming at you. I was just proud that it had a picture. In fact, you know, it, it's not large. Uh, the uh, John Lucas, who was our uh, editor and, and the publisher, in fact, of uh, the Sakura book in, in the U.S. Uh, uh, Blue Apple Books before he came. To work with. He was a professional uh, draftsman before he retired in uh, in the aerospace industry. And uh, when he thought, you know, he he just when we published the picture in the book, well, he just wiped it out, you know, because he thought John was a stickler for everything got to be clean and perfect. He was a fabulous draftsman, and he did just wiped it out. So there was nothing to it. I mean, you know, he didn't look at it. He didn't think. I mean, after all, I hadn't said I saw any UFO out there, and didn't until years later, and I didn't see it. But I say that I photographed it. Apparently, well, and well, so did Heineck. Here's the icing, yes, Chris. Here's the icing on the cake. Uh, someone sent me a copy, uh, several generations, of one of the Polaroid pictures, one side of the Polaroid pictures of the two that Heineck took. I think it was a steer optical camera. Anyway, a, a copy of the one of the Polaroid pictures that he took in that direction. And by golly, it's there. Not only that, I failed to mention, both in my picture and it also, back in the distance further, as suggested by Atmospheric Case, there is a larger, longer, kind of cigar-shaped object, maybe a slight curve to it, that's up there in the sky, partly obscured by distance and atmospheric haze. So both of our pictures show his much more poorly than mine because the Polaroid, the resolution of the lens and, and the, the film and so was not. I mean, I'm, I'm using a fine grain uh, black and white film with a, a Schneider lens on the Argus C3. And so got sharper pictures, but they were taken within seconds of each other. And they're not exactly, they're almost the same place in the sky, just slightly different depending on where Heineck is and I am. And, and also, of course, they're probably a little motion of the objects. But they're both there. The, both objects are in both pictures. And I would love to find that this was a, a fluke, but I can't. Now, I went to the National Archive hoping to access Heineck's original pictures. Now, normally, you don't see original anything at the National Archive in these Blue Book files, as they told us. Thanks to James uh, Fox, who's uh, clever as a fox, he said to him, look, see this guy with me, pointing at me? He said, he's in the file there. There's a picture of him taken by Dr. Heineck, standing right there at the, at the, uh, by the, land, the, the southwest landing gear imprint. And uh, uh, he's in there. And look, if you can possibly get access for us to the originals of everything, this would be very, very gracious and wonderful. The guy said, well, normally we only allow copies of the originals to, in people's hands. But he said, I'll, look, come back in about an hour, and I'll, I'll let you know. Well, when he got back, he said, I'm surprised, but I got permission. When we went through the file, we had the, the pieces of paper I'd helped Heineck pick up and provided him containers for. We had his pictures, of pieces of paper with the burns on them uh, right there in our own hands. Everything, the originals, uh, the drawings, the notes, everything, we had the originals. But when it came to Heineck's Polaroid 
of the direction of approach or any of the others, they were not there. And so I went to the lady that was head of that section and I said, you know, everything else is original here. Do you have any idea? Do you have the original? She said, no, that's all we have. She said, I don't know. She said, I would have thought they were there. She said, I don't know. I said, do you know how we could try to find them? She said, no, I have no idea where they would be. And she sounded, and I'm sure she was, totally sincere. So for whatever reasons, Heineck's original Polaroids are not there. And, the, and I was hoping at least to find even a copy, you know, better than the one that, that had been sent to me electronically by someone who had one. But no, they are way down in high, you know, high contrast due to multiple copying uh, down several generations, in other words. So you, you can't even see the objects in those. They're so bad. But anyway, I have the picture, and much to my amazement, we, we looked like it seems like we were photographing the same two objects in the sky. And more amazingly is there is a deduction from this that if you're willing, you can make. And that is, were they somehow, one could say telepathy, or were they actually somehow physically with instruments at the landing site, heard what was said and laughing their little green asses off, as I love to say, <laughs> that we'll, we'll appear right there in the picture where they say is the direction of approach. And it's there. So Let me ask you a question here quickly, because we have sure. so many things to talk about, and we've spent yes, we almost the first half of the show on Sicaro. And that is, this particular photo, is this something you'd be willing to upload so we can show to our listeners? I'm waiting for the opportunity to do that. I want to, to in a contact to where I can show high-resolution versions and really give the entire story, uh, any of the camera data that I can get, and every other fact, including the correlated photographs from my films. So I'm going to wait on that. Don't want to do that right now. It may come. I may decide to that we can do that uh, after, uh, you know, somewhere in, in the future. But uh, let me also say that uh, there was another strange event related to this that totally knocked my ox off. Uh, when we had been over at Goddard, we went through this whole fiasco about you know the cover-up of the, the zinc iron uh, on, on the, uh, the rock. Of course, I was pretty upset, and uh, Bob McGarry was with me. We were heading back, and we headed back to Texas. We went, went to Socorro, and that's when we, of course, talked to Zamora, and he told us about the, the, the story from Heineken, the radiated film. Well... I decided to try to do a magnetic study. I had no sophisticated instruments. I had a magnetic compass, and I wanted to see how, at a given distance from each of the steel plates of the dynamite shack, how the compass needle would bear, how many degrees, uh, you know, and, and so it created probably no scientific value, but I wanted to do with what I had anything that might have some value, and I didn't have any sophisticated instruments at that time. So Bob McGarry went over there, and I said, Bob, stand there. I've got to, I need to show the size of this thing, and I don't have a, a yardstick, so just stand there beside the dynamite shack. So he stood there facing me, smiling, and uh, I took his picture. I, you know, I'm just paying attention to the dynamite shack. We were anxious to get out of the heat and go, go get the, a drink at a restaurant or something. And uh, and here, uh, I, I took my measurements, paid no attention to anything else. But here, a couple of years ago, I'm looking back at that picture, and there are six anomalous objects in the sky at various positions back there, and two of them have a lot of resemblance to what Zamora described. I mean, they don't have landing legs, they don't have anything on the side of them, but uh, uh, the, the two that, I'm talking about the two that look like, uh, if you could imagine Zamora's object kind of tilted where the, the axis of it is not quite part tardy, but over to one side by about 20 degrees, 25 degrees, they're kind of like that. There are others, but one caught my eye that is less distinct than those, probably further away, uh, it, it looked like the shape that we normally, in the literature, uh, say, we call a mothership, a, a cigar-shaped thing. 
And I took that thing and uh, scanned it at high resolution. And believe me, in this case, I almost lost my teeth because um, there on the right end of it, there's an incredible uh, object that is shaped kind of like a spherical object that then kind of stretches down toward a part like a face that is kind of like it's plugged into this more elongated thing. We have to do the break here, Ray. And then we'll cover this and then we'll get on to other subjects. Ray Stanford with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV.
There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, Ray, describe this, please, a little more, and then let's move to other topics. Okay, okay go ahead. Okay. Okay. It has... On the side, you actually see a, a three-dimensional side because you see this. I don't know what color it was because it's a black and white picture. But uh, you, you have a triangle impressed on the side of it. I mean, it's like it's, it's printed or, or, or somehow panels of color on the side uh, with a thick triangular shape open in the middle with a, a kind of a dot in the middle of it. It's, it's, there's no doubt. I mean, you can see it clearly. It's there, and uh, the object is there, and it has a geometric structure on one side. Now, you know, I don't consider these extremely important scientific evidence because we didn't see it. But on the other hand, they are not, they're not birds. They're not insects. And you can tell by looking at the pictures, they were a principal distance from the camera of considerable size. But there's something that we, I just think should think about. I, I wouldn't put these forward as important scientific evidence because we didn't see them, didn't notice them. But all the same, it's extremely intriguing and it makes you wonder if they are not investigating the investigators while the investigators investigate them. I'll tell you what I think what you've done there in the last few segments is taken the claims of a hot air balloon being involved and made them seem obviously like hot air. Oh, that's a good one. I'll, I'll buy that. Okay. Let's move on to other topics. Chris, you want to take it to the next direction? Yeah. Let's talk about something, Ray, that, uh, that came up in a conversation we had earlier today. And you reminded me of a very interesting, uh, a B-52 disappearance that happened in 1968. Now, obviously with, with all the, uh, hoopla and the media coverage uh, almost you know wall to wall 24/7 for a while of Malaysia Airlines flight MH370 which disappeared on the 8th of March this year uh you have you know I don't even want to get into that particular subject because you have a case that very very few people are aware of that happened uh much earlier in time uh this was back I think in February of 1968 of a B52 that disappeared uh, inexplicably off the coast of, uh, of Texas. And you actually were, you and your workers uh, at your job were unwitting witnesses to uh, what may have been the Air Force's response to some UFO sightings. Why don't you, first of all, give us a little thumbnail sketch, okay. you know, cut to the chase with it. 
about okay. the event and and okay. and then subsequently what happened uh, after that in terms of the official option. I have no idea or opinion about what happened to the Malaysian case, but I, I have no, no, I'm talking about the B-52. I know, I know yeah. but I have definite feelings about this. Uh, let me tell it the way it happened to me. Uh, I was living in Corpus Christi, Texas, on the Gulf Coast at that time, Corpus Christi Bay. Uh, and uh, uh, to get to, I, I worked for the personnel placement firm Snelling and Snelling as a personnel counselor helping people find jobs. And uh, we opened our doors at nine in the morning. And on the morning of the uh, 29th of uh, February, 1968, I was, uh, I was driving uh, on the interstate coming in, and you have to climb up over part of the spaghetti to a higher level before you climb back down into downtown Corpus Christi. So this is what I was doing. And off in the direction, I, keep in mind, I, I grew up in Corpus Christi. I mean, from, from nine years old, and I know the place quite well and, and uh, a lot of things about it. But uh, off in the direction of Matagorda Island, which from that location was 42 miles to the uh, uh, north-northeast, there was something incredible in the sky. There was a huge object. And uh, it, it, people go to your, your website, they, they will see my, my drawing of that. That The drawing is in color, but it, it's, it's a color, colorized version of the drawing that I made when I went home for lunch that day, so it would be fresh on my mind. Anyway, here's what I saw. This huge object sitting dead still, and it has a, a curve, it was white, a curved top, came around into a very mathematical curve on the edges to a very flat bottom, and as you saw inward from the uh, periphery, on the bottom, there was a dark ring. Then it was further white, and then a large area in the midst of it, you'll see in my drawing, there it looked like it was open. It, it, it deeper, um, deeper black. I mean, it looked like the darn thing was opened. I thought I noticed, now I'll confirm this in a minute, I thought I noticed that there were little jet vapor trails that was way off in the distance heading toward it. And so I rushed into the parking lot, and I was, I was working in a building, I think it was called the 700 building, but it's a, a high, the high, the brand new modern high-rise building in Corpus Christi at that time on, on the, what's called the Hill, and uh, I rushed in to the office of Snelling and Snelling personnel who worked. And uh, since it was not yet nine, we had about you know fifteen twenty minutes before we had to open our doors to public clients. We uh, uh, I said, look, everybody, get out there. There's something incredible you've got to see. And uh, everybody went out. There was a retired Marine Master Sergeant uh, Roger Lozano and our, our front. Lady Rana and Betty and, and uh, I think four or five other of the, the counselors there. And we all went out. We went to this big, clear glass window facing that direction. And we all saw the thing was sitting there dead still. Now, this was not a lenticular cloud. You have no mountains or rises on the coast to produce lee waves. It was not anything like that. It wasn't weather. This thing was scary. And it was big. But we saw all of us repeated runs we couldn't at the distance which it turns out this was apparently right at Matagorda island they used to you call it a, it's a broad sandbar type island is how it's farmed over a period of time off the coast paralleling the coast of texas and here approaching it they were so far away you couldn't see the plane but you could see the little single engine jet favorite trails of jet fighters and uh, they would approach it and 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 uh roger lozano who, who had been the marine master he said those guys are making reconnaissance around the only thing, whatever it is. They're, they're doing runs on it. And sure enough, they would go up till they, I imagine they got pretty freaked out at a certain distance. And you'd see them, the little trail turn away and go off to a certain distance. And they would turn back and probably under command from headquarters, do another run. Now, let me get very specific about what this was, what, what I found out. 
Well, first place, then finally, after we'd watched this for, uh, for a very good amount of time, this thing is there, and these jets are keep making runs on it. We had to go back and, and um, you know, uh, open our office to the to the, the clients who are beginning to arrive at nine o'clock. And uh, when I finally I got bad hay here, I had to go across the street and get some antihistamine spray. Uh, at the drugstore, and so when I looked out then, it was no longer there, this is the big object. So I went to the drugstore, and they had the news on, and it told that uh, on the night before, around uh, 11, I believe around 11, 30, 11, 20 something the night before, a B-52 bomber uh, that had, uh, from uh, Carswell Air Force Base at uh, Fort Worth, had operations going on uh, there, and it, it had made, uh, it was made, it hadn't, supposedly had no uh, nuclear weapons on it at all. This was merely uh, test uh, practice runs, and they had new equipment and uh, some of the new personnel, and they had three experienced people there to evaluate the performance of them. And uh, what happened is, there was, it was on radar, and according to the uh, AP report and other reports that I've suddenly obtained, including from the Navy, uh, this thing suddenly, no warning, disappeared. Now, let me mention that there were, uh, it had come from Carswell, and that there were eight uh, personnel aboard. And uh, this this is an important case. I am convinced, personally, I don't insist people believe it, but I am convinced that this object was grabbed by what we saw the next morning. Let me, as a kind of memoriam to the people, to give people the human view of this, the, the, the view of, from the human side, let me tell you who was aboard. We have Ray Stanford joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. 
Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters. For the love of clean water. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terraganics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terraganics. Life's getting better. author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. Ray Stanford's with us on the Paracast this week with Gene and Chris. You were about to identify the people who were on board. Right. Craft. Please do that's so. That's right. And I want to mention, listen at the levels that they're at to their training and their competence. First was Major Frank M. Salavaria, who was the aircraft commander. He was from Mountain Fern in New York, but they all lived in, in Fort Worth because they were stationed there at Cardswell. Okay. There was, then there was First Lieutenant William T. Causey. He was the co-pilot. He was from Houston. There was Captain Charles W. Roberts, radar navigator of Almacarta, New Mexico. There was First Lieutenant Michael L. Carroll, navigator from Brownsville, Texas. There was Cap John T. Pania, electronics warfare officer of Varian Springs, Michigan. There was Master Sergeant Kermit C. Casey, tail gunner of Little Rock, Arkansas. There was Major Philip F. Strine, instructor, pilot evaluating the crew. He was of Mansfield, Ohio. And finally, there was Captain Thomas D. Childs, instructor and navigator evaluating the crew. He was from Muncie, Indiana. These men, well-educated, well-trained, are gone. And here's the, the follow-up. The NAS Corpus Christi was assigned to search for the aircraft. They were puzzled and troubled because it vanished on radar. It didn't go down. It vanished. No communications occurred to indicate that there was any problem whatsoever. Not any at all. And so here's what happened. It, the, the, the newspaper articles stated that uh, 
the next morning, uh, that Air Force, that the, the, the NAS Corpus Christi was assigned to do most of the work. They were using their sub hunters and uh, helicopters and other things to try to see if they could find this thing, debris. Well, let me mention that the aircraft at that point, when it disappeared at 11:30 that night, had enough fuel to have lasted until 6:30 that morning. But no fuel, no uh, oil slick of any kind was found. No debris of any kind was found. But even the, the Air Force admitted that they, the next morning, had their own Air Force planes out boldly hunting. Well, they were hunting all right because we saw them making the recon runs on the object. My personal interpretation, my opinion, and it's only opinion at this point, is that this object was sitting there still after taking this thing. I don't know if it was showing a grudge. It was, it was saying, hey, guys, you can't do a damn thing about us. But it was there, and we saw it with our mouths dropped open. Of the whole staff of the Snelling and Snelling office in the the, uh, the building down in Corpus Christi, and uh, let me mention then that uh, nine days later there came out an article. It was in the I have a copy of it here from the New York Times, and uh, it simply said this. And this article was totally erroneous, as I'll explain. Aircraft debris found toward Isabel, Texas. Now that's at the far tip of Texas. That little tip down there, right, would go right into the Gulf of Mexico at the end of South Padre Island. March 9th, AP, Associated Press, pieces of an aircraft, now get the words, presumably a missing B-52 at Fort Worth, were found washed up on the beach at South Padre Island on the Texas coast today. The Coast Guard and New Orleans said that the debris could be from the bomber that vanished from radar screens during a routine training flight February 28th. Well, I, of course, the NAS Corpus Christi, the Naval Air Station there at Corpus Christi, were the ones that were head that headed the whole search. So I picked up the phone and I called and I eventually was expected to the guy that was head in charge of the search. This is nine days afterward. And he said, you've seen the article that was on the AP this morning? And he said, yes, I have. He said, and we are livid. That article is totally ridiculous. It is totally false. He said, we found no debris. He said, what was found down on the beach on South Padre Island, was immediately identified. It was the seat cushion with the metal plate with his numbers on the bottom of it that was from a little trainer from here in Corpus Christi that had crashed down there on the south end of Padre Island. It was not anything to do with this, and that is over 150 miles from where this aircraft disappeared. And uh, he said, if you ever find out who was responsible, who made the decision to put that BS, and I think he used those terms, into an AP report, please call me. I want to know because that is false, and I want to know why it was put out. And he used those words, I want to know why. So there we have it. Let me ask you a fast question here, Ray. Why do you think they put in something like that that is demonstrably false? Well, it's very much like this thing about, uh, you know, when people go out on the Internet and uh, Google Socorro, guess what they'll get? The story, Linus Pauling's uh, letter, the, the letter to Linus Pauling, they'll get that BS. Likewise, whatever happened to that big old bomber that disappeared up there on Matagota Island? Well, some of the same, well, gee, you know, didn't you see that article in the paper that debris from it was found down on South Part of the Island, washed up on the beach? There's your reason. It gives a cover story. They had to know that there was a gigantic object of some sort involved in this because their little planes were making recon runs. I would love to see what films they had. We were watching from about 42 miles away. But even then, 
the thing was humongous. I need to go back to my original notes to compute the probable size based on the the remembered angular size of it. But uh, let me mention in reference that in 1974, there's a famous case that you know about from Iran in which a big so-called mothership was tracked and it put out smaller objects that when uh, the jets that were sent in to investigate uh, armed their AM-9 missiles, uh, their their armaments, uh, electronic armaments froze until they turned away and went back. And uh, the, uh, those radar trackings there said that the larger object was estimated at 10 miles in diameter. Well, this object could have been that large. It might have been a little smaller, but it was huge because uh, this was a beautiful, clear day. And of course, we're way up there in the Snelling, you know, in the, the 700 building or whatever it was called, and uh, we got a good view of it. But this thing, we could tell by, it, you could tell that it was huge and it was distant because the jets that were approaching it were so distant that you couldn't see the little aircraft, just see their little uh, condensation wakes, their vapor trails. So we knew it had to be huge. And I have to say, I can say with assurance that whatever these guys were reconning there, that was at the very site where this thing disappeared, it was. It had to be at least, I would say, four miles across. But I think it was well, bigger. Well, Ray, Ray, this brings up a, a really interesting point here. And, and, and my question would be, if something was hanging around from, let's say, hypothetically, from 11 o'clock, 11.30 the night right. before until 8.45, 9 o'clock uh, the following morning, right. we should have a ton of reports from people up, you know, further north from Corpus Christi that would have uh, possibly we seen should. such a huge we object. Should. But let me go back to 9986. We, we live inside the D.C. Beltway. And uh, my wife and I saw two optics, each of which covered 15 degrees of darkness. sky. We objectively held our hand up, and it covered from the end of the little finger with the hand spread maximally to the tip of the thumb. And when I went back with my asthma finder, uh, I found that uh, that it was 15 degrees in angular size. There were two of these objects. This was in rush hour traffic. And we. Well, this is in Washington, D.C. Now you're talking about. This was inside the the Beltway. That's right. They were the most incredible things that that either my wife and I have ever seen. And I've seen a lot. But uh, we. I I kept saying as we tried to get back frantically to the house to get my movie camera, I I kept saying, why aren't people stopping? Why aren't they getting out of their cars and saying the world's coming to an end? Here are these two objects, 15 degrees. Think about it. The moon, the sun, is only approximately half degree in angular size in the sky. These were 30 suns or moons side by side, each one of them across. And guess what? People are driving along as if they don't see it. Well, there's an interesting phenomenon that I discovered because we monitor these things electronically. It's known as ELF magnetism. And research independent of UFO studies has indicated that some mighty interesting things can happen to the mind when your brain gets subjected to this kind of a frequency, if it's in the physiological range of certain, like deep restful sleep, for example, that impinge on you a while and you become rather subjective and uh, perhaps auto-hypnagogic. That is to say, where you can convince yourself of whatever you want to think. I think that now my wife and I were used to this. We've had encounters. We knew this. We're interested. But I think the average Joe who are around here, so many of them are government employees or government contractors who really had rather not step on Big Brother's toes, I think that when they see something like this, and there is this ELF impending on the brain, there's a possibility that they can become very subjective and, in fact, flush it. And uh, Well, there's got to be at least one little 10-year-old well, kid was, that goes, Mommy, case, what's uh, that? Well, you know what? Found- Let's find out what this is first, and okay, then we'll get well, the answer. We have Ray Stanford okay. joining Gene and Chris in the Paracast. Paracast. 
are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. one 888 9121595 Americans have always been ready to defend, to serve, and to honor those who defended and are defending all of us. So this month, the Freeze Dry Guy honors and serves Americans with our meat, rice, and potato sale. Our unit includes four number 10 cans of quality Mountain House cooked diced beef, ground beef, diced chicken, white rice, and two cans of FDG dehydrated diced potatoes. 158 servings per case unit. And during the Freeze Dry Guy's meat, rice, and potato sale, get one case for only $179, two cases for only $355, or get three cases for only $515. And all come with lots of valuable freebies. For details, click freezedryguy.com and hurry. Sale ends soon. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's 866-404-FOOD. Plus, free shipping to the lower 48 states from the Freeze Dry Guy. The finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available anywhere for long-term storage. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and Chris, we have Ray Stanford joining us. He's a UFO investigator. He's also an amateur paleontologist, they say. And he's gotten really high marks for the great research he's done in that region, looking for dinosaurs and stuff. Chris was raising an issue before the break, and Ray, you were chomping at the bit to respond, please. Right, right. Let me mention that uh, finally, I called every radio and TV station I could find the number for. Nobody reported it, but finally, right over here by us is the, is the country's most long-operating airport, little College Park Airport, the Wright Brothers flew in out of here. And uh, it doesn't even have a control tower. But I called there, and the guy who, who was there, who basically runs the, the front office, he had gotten a call from a guy who'd left his plane parked in the heat of September, and he had his camera with his film, and he said, would you mind going out to my plane and get my camera, because I'm afraid the film's going to be ruined. If you could get it in the air conditioning, I'll get by and pick it up. Well, he went out to the plane, he turned around, heading back to, toward the east, toward the thing, and he saw both of these objects. They, have, they were further out passing over Andrews Air Force Base area, he estimated at that time. But he saw what we saw. He, he saw it further away, but he definitely saw it. So he saw it. But see, had he seen it closer, I think the same effect might have happened on him. And he said, doesn't compute. This, this can't be. All I can say is I, I called up Richard Hall, who, who uh, was a friend of mine in, in UFO research, and we, we fought a lot uh, publicly, but actually he was, he was a good man, a good friend. He just differed me on some things. And uh, I called him up. I said, Richard, I've got to tell you what you and I saw. Oh, my God. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't think I'd been drinking or something. I, mean, we, I was crazy. I mean, this had me so freaked out. And here, oh, my God, if I'd had my movie camera on the 10-power telephoto, I would have had to spend uh, several seconds panning across any one of these. They were so darn big in the sky. It was like something out of Independence Day. I mean, it was that big in the sky. But, yeah, and, but, 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 you know, the average person listening to the show, Ray, and and – I'm very aware of this uh, particular case, and I've also had cases where where people standing right next to other people can't see objects. But right. you would think in, in a huge metropolitan area the size of, of you know, Washington, D.C. and the surrounding communities around uh, out, just outside the Beltway, that somebody, anybody would have seen this and, and at least reported it. Did, did MUFON get any... Well any uh, now, we, we did say there was a guy at the, at the College Park Airport that saw it, but here's the thing. Keep this in mind. Not only is there this possible ELS, ELF, extreme frequency magnetism effect, I mentioned it could affect the brain and, and behavior and, and, cogn and, and cognition, but there is another factor. Reporting it? Mm -hmm. Listen, most of the people here either work for the government or, or work for, their, for contractors that are employed by the government. And for you to start going out and getting in the news media saying you saw, oh, this thing was 15 degrees in the sky and looked like an alien spaceship. Well, to me. yeah, Ray, I agree. I mean, you know, I mean, that's you know. a good explanation for a certain percentage of potential uh, witnesses. But there's a lot of people that work at 7-Elevens. They're, they're mechanics. They don't have right. anything to do with right. the government. I mean, obviously, especially now with everybody got their faces 
you know, like buried in their, their iPhones and stuff. Now, you know, it would be, it would be a no brainer why nobody would see it. I've seen photographs of 50 college students walking down a sidewalk and not one of them is looking up. They're all looking into their phones, but this is back, you know, a number of years ago. And you would think at least somebody would have come forward or, or clicked a picture or, you know, well, just you had think, something. You would think, oh, there are, there are equally strange, large things in the sky that I have photographed around here and found out that we had witnesses several miles away that saw exactly the same thing. That's another right. story. I won't get into it. You probably well, there's actually, there's a number of them, Ray. The vertical object you saw while you were fossil hunting, for instance, uh, is a classic one, which the photographs that you took are, are, are I think, impressive. You know, let's let's move on to some other subjects here. Okay. I, we do have some questions, by the way, at forum.theparacast.com, where our listeners of the show can go onto the forum and ask questions of our guests. And, you know, I have a couple of, uh, of questions here that I'd, I'd like to, uh, to pose here for our listeners. And uh, obviously, there's, uh, there's our, one of our resident boober that says, well, Ray says he's been working on analyzing this stuff for, for years. And, and you, know, you know, it's not proper science to bring it out ahead of time. So why is he talking about it? I'm not even going to deal with those because, you know, quite frankly, I'm, I don't really have time for that. You do not only present your information to, as he put it, UFO elite. Let me let me just make sure everybody understands that. And, and you don't uh, have some sort of exclusive club that uh, is privy to your ongoing work right now. And uh, James Fox would be a good example of somebody who I'm jealous of, actually. He saw more of your presentation than I have. He spent more time with you, I think, uh, FaceTime than I've, I've spent with you uh, in total. That's well, probably. based on your, this is a, a good question from Technomag T, um, who's been a longtime poster. Uh, he doesn't post very often, but uh, he asked some good questions. And based on your many years of research in the UFO field, do you have a theory as to the origin and purpose of these anomalous aerial objects or UFOs as he, he posed it? Okay. Well, you know, if I had to answer that, I would answer this way. I would guess that there are multiple sources. There are any number of stories I could tell that, that might tend to back that up, but uh, I'll mention two things. One is, there was a case that I read, a daylight case in Italy, and I read virtually the same description of a case in uh, the southern United States, separated by quite some years, and they could not have known of each other from the literature because of the situation. They described uh, a, a anomalous aerial object in the sky, is my preferred term, in the sky of a specific color and shape, and a second object of different color and different shape. And in both cases, you have the same descriptions. And in both cases, the one object shoots what appears to be a brilliant collimated uh, column of light at the other one, and there's a flash of light, and it vanishes. Now, this whoa! It sounds sounds like some UFO uh, uh, yeah. warfare going on, or something. Is somebody protecting us from some others that are that are not as friendly? I don't know, but let me tell you a story. Uh, my wife, years before we got married, I, I don't know if I knew her back in this time period, but there was a friend of their family here, and she's one of seventeen siblings. But she and several of her siblings uh, had flown around the country with a guy who, before he retired, he was a U two pilot for the intelligence community. He flew over Russia frequently brave man. And they were out at a, my, my wife, she is an amateur astronomer before she went with the Hubble Space Telescope Project. And uh, she uh, 
they were at a star party, and he was out there, and uh, somebody said, well, Bob, his, his name was Bob McCracken, said, Bob, you know, you flew that U-2 all around the world at incredible altitudes. What do you think about these UFOs? He said, well, all I'm going to say, and I'm not going to say more, so don't ask me, but I'll just say that we had better be very glad they're here. And that's all he would say. Now, I find that extremely intriguing, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, so it would almost sound like maybe that at least some of them are, might save us from some other danger, whether the danger is us, ourselves, or, uh, or something else coming here. I don't know. I don't know what Bob McCracken meant, but that's uh, an intriguing uh, statement. And uh, I'll say this, too. I've mentioned this before, and I will be ultimately, you will see these pictures. Don't bust at me. There, there's a time for things. But we do have pictures from movie films and still pictures, and some of them are pretty darn good resolution. They're not portraits. Well, you can see inside the domes of these things, and there are occupants. In one case, it looks more like a, a robot or something uh, than, than a flesh and blood. But in every case, we we have... We have at least five different, uh, let's say, we have five different seeming occupants that we have photographed in broad daylight and light, light and shadow pictures even. I mean, things that Heineck would have been impressed by. And uh, why are there, there are not, and I'll tell you, out of these, there's not a single gray in the bunch. There are, there were some little guys that apparently about two and a half feet tall that have a kind of a light bulb shaped head, but they're not grays by any stretch of the imagination. They're apparently are smaller. That was the appearance. And, um, uh, and there are others that are, well, they're not grays. And uh, I think they're coming from numbers of different sources, and some of them may travel in here together. Others may come independently. When we look at the age of the universe, you know, you'll hear uh, astronomers say, well, now, you know, maybe yeah, there are these things that, that might be coming here uh, because, uh, I mean, we're a young civilization. But let's think about this. Let's think about a civilization that is not even a million years before us. There were suns, you know, way back, uh, way back before our sun was formed. And uh, how advanced are they? I am convinced from the things I have filmed that these things are not, that we had better quit trying to put them in the little box of our 1950s concept of what I call the plastic alien spaceship. These, These things are so damned awesome. I'll so tell you what, if they're a few thousand years or a few million years ahead of us, they would be. They would be like gods from outer space. They would That's appear right. as, as uh, magic. Ray Stanford joins us. Four more segments to come. You're in the Paracast. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Henry Ford once said, a man who stops advertising to save money is like a man who stops a clock to save time. Alex Castle here, the National Account Executive at GCN. I have the ability to customize a national radio campaign based on your budget while targeting your demographic. Contact me to find out how national radio can help your business be more profitable at 877-996-4327, extension 177. That's 877-996-4327, extension 177, and help me help you bring your business to the next level. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER for 2014 for 20% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Ray Stanford, once we get him going, there's no stopping with this incredible information. Let's proceed. All right. Welcome yes. back, Ray. Hey, good to be here. Well, uh, you know, I could go on uh, more questions. Uh, uh, Technomage T, uh, you know, again, kind of poses the hypothetical question. Do you believe it's extraterrestrial or is there some other non-human, I would say, closed system intelligence theory that accounts for facts better? I, I'm dubious of what I call homocentric systems that uh, would say, these are us in our future. To me, you know, it, it's kind of like uh, the old theories that, you know, the universe revolves around the Earth. It's too man-centric. I'm not saying that that is not a possibility, but considering the diversity of crafts that we have seen and filmed and recorded electronically in some cases, these things are so diverse and, and, and that, that I really think that that it that is very complex, and uh, I don't like the term extraterrestrial because we immediately think we jerk into uh, you know uh, well let's say uh, the day the Earth is still into the concept of the alien landing in a flying saucer. You know he's got solutions to Earth and so on and so forth. If we look at a history of humankind, you know that every time a, a more technologically advanced culture came across another one, they got sunk. I mean I'm a, a great student of, of the pre-Columbian cultures. I'm fascinated by them, but I know what happened to them and the breakdown of their cultures when uh, the Spanish came with their technology, their guns, as contrasted you know, with just slingshots and, and spears. And uh, you wonder, well, it, it seems to me that, that we need to realize that when these cultures get advanced, they may not have any sense of the goal, the kind of goals that we think about. We think about if we go to a distant planet, we find life, what we would do, we would quarantine ourselves to try to not disturb their ecology, and we do this and that. But we don't know when, when, a, when a something, a civilization, whatever you want to call it, 
Maybe it's a, a technological being that is, has come out of a civilization but gone off on its own. Whatever it is, we can't presuppose what its motivations would do and what it might find to be just and what it might find to be, you might not know, have a sense of fun. But on the other hand, I've heard of some cases. Let me mention a case that's one of my favorites. It's the Wells Allen Webb case. It's from Ohio, uh, late 60s. I don't remember the exact date. It was in winter. There had been heavy snows. And uh, there was a, uh, a mobile home where a lady and her husband and son lived. Her husband was off at a civic club meeting that night. And uh, the mother lived in the bigger house next door to the mobile home. And uh, their pipes had frozen in the mobile home. So little Gregory Wells, who was 12, was asked to, to go across with the, the insulated jug to get water from uh, from grandmother's house where the pipes were not frozen. And uh, so he started out the front door. And after a few moments, uh, Granny and, and Mommy heard him scream. And they threw the door open. And here was a 20-foot uh, disc with red emissions around it. Gregory was on the ground screaming on fire. What he saw as he went down, he saw this object approach and, and stop. He saw a rod out the bottom of it that was rotating. And quite rightly, he got the feeling that that, that rod pointed at him. He was in trouble. And he started to run, but he had no time. It got there, and it emitted. I think the beam was red, but I'm not sure. And it beam that hit. He had a thick, it was so cold, he had a thick Mackinac, these thick jackets on, these plaid thick jackets, and a sweatshirt under that and a, a T-shirt under that. It burned through all of them and burned first and second degree burns into his shoulder. He screamed and thoughtfully rolled in the snow. But his, his mother and grandmother, they stepped out. They saw this thing, and immediately it's as if the thing ceased to exist. It's as if it had an energy shell around it, maybe like a, a, a hot plasma, this kind of a glow, this red glow of a disc shape. And all of a sudden, it got caught in the wind. That just blew away in the wind. In other words, it was gone, but it left this energy shell of, of plasma, I guess, where it was, if, if we can guess at all what it was. And here was Gregory. She managed to reach at wherever the civic club meeting was, and the father came and got him and took him to a doctor in the middle of the night, and the doctor said, young man, you just better be glad you have that coat on. Yeah, because really. Said, I'm surprised. Said, I, I, he said, you would be burned through the bone and probably the bone if that had happened. I am really so, surprised I haven't heard of this before. Yeah, it's a wonderful case. It was published in the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization's bulletin. It's been one of my favorites, and it's not the kind of thing you fake. You've got three witnesses, a mama, a grandmother, and a 12-year-old boy. You have burnt clothing, and you have second and third degree burns. I mean, that's right. That's right. And it's kind of hard to explain that away. Wonderful case, and it, it all brings to mind, of course, all those cases that Bob Pratt so thoroughly documents in his book about the terrible things that went on in Brazil that Jacques Vallée also investigated. Right. This is not all friendly. It's not all love and light. It's not all space brothers. I mean, believe me. I mean, people that try to oversimplify. I have to laugh at some of the things that people you know, claim and claim they understand about this, because the more I've learned, the truth of the matter is, I've learned how damn little I know. It becomes more and more puzzling. Yeah. I see, I learn a lot of facts, but how much do I understand? I understand something of some of the physics of these things and can talk about it and show it to in the screen. But what are they doing? Where are they here? It's yeah, motivation. I don't, even try to, I don't try 76 to try to fathom that. I just try to deal with the physical side of it if possible. You know, one of the things I wonder about, Ray, is the fact that we have so-called ETs telling people, well, we're here to express our concerns about the environment, but they're visiting some unknown person in some unknown city, not the people in authority right. who can even handle that. The point being here is it does appear there's a fair amount of deception in the UFO field. When there is communication, assuming that communication really happened, and we don't always know, 
Why should we believe ET? Why should we expect them to tell us the truth? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I keep telling people. They say, "Well, you know, haven't they talked?" I said, "Look, you, 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 how well do you know your neighbor next door? Would you believe everything they told you?" Well, this guy jumps down in a spaceship from God knows where. <laughs> what are you going to believe that he says? There are a lot of stories that people have, have told. That, uh, you know, if they were talking to something out there, there are a lot of contradictory stories. A lot of stories like they were made to make the case look ridiculous. Later, there was the famous case I remember quite well on August twentieth. 1953, I think it was, there were some guys, that two guys that claimed they were up in, I think it was Colorado, and they saw this craft come down, and these occupants, these small occupants, and they told them, uh, we're going to come on the 20th every month, so, you know, come back and we'll see us. Well, of course, they told the, the media, and the media went out there, and nothing showed up. You know, it's like, well, so the guys are lying. But my my question is, if the guys are lying, why would they have said that? They could, there wouldn't be any UFOs showing up. Would they make up a lie like that? Good question. Well, here's a question from Cosmonaut. What information have you discovered, Ray, about alien abductions that's not generally known? This this kind of, you know, brings us to the realm of, of potential agendas. And if we are dealing with something non-human that's off planet, what could their possible motivations be? You kind of hinted around at some possibilities there before, yeah. but uh, what do you think? Well, I don't know exactly what to think, but let me just make a few comments on that. Um, I, first place, I have to laugh at, at books. Like, you know, I, I respect Ray Fowler for all the, the good work he did, but I think he got a little far out in his last books. And uh, he talks about, oh, we've got, you know, just look in your leg and you'll see the evidence you were abducted. You know, look, you'll see a, a little dent there in your leg. And, uh, you know, this is where they were taking a genetic sample. Well, I'm sorry. And he shows he shows pictures of things, I think, on his legs and talks at other others. Well, I'm sorry, that doesn't prove a thing to me in the first place. When we get little nicks like that in our childhood, uh, we forget them, and people can fantasize that they were abducted. Well, let me ask them, if they're going to say they were there to take a genetic sample, why did they just stick a Q-tip in their mouth and get some saliva <laughs> instead of digging into their leg to get a... Yeah, really, how medieval. Well, yeah, you see, yeah. the problem, Ray, is they haven't watched the CSI TV show oh, or Law & Order. Oh, that's right, that's right. They, they or any of these the shows point. where they show how simple it is to get DNA samples, or you give them a cup of water, and you get yep. the fingerprints and everything. <laughs> From the cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've got a cup right here in my office. I won't say which famous person it's from, but uh, he drank coffee while he was here, and I've, I've still got his cup. And he's a famous person. A lot of people think it's connected with, uh, uh, well, you know. <laughs> okay. So we take that cup. We can see whether he has any alien DNA. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. We'll send someone over. Chris is going to fly over tomorrow, and he's going to do that. No, he's not. <laughs> you see, I'm already committing Chris. By the way. Hey, sometimes I think these guys in the intelligence community do fun, do things to laugh at us or to to just punch our buttons and see what we will do. Or Chris, maybe the fact is that we call them an intelligence community. It's just an oxymoron. I'll tell <laughs> yeah, you. it's an oxymoron. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. Good point. We yeah, have to break that. right now. We have Ray Stanford. Lots more to cover in the remaining three segments with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, 
Tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Americans have always been ready to defend, to serve, and to honor those who defended and are defending all of us. So this month, the Freeze-Dry Guy honors and serves Americans with our meat, rice, and potato sale. Our unit includes four number 10 cans of quality Mountain House cooked diced beef, ground beef, diced chicken, white rice, and two cans of FDG dehydrated diced potatoes. 158 servings per case unit. And during the Freeze-Dry Guy's meat, rice, and potato sale, get one case for only one Two cases for only $3.55, or get three cases for only $5.15, and all come with lots of valuable freebies. For details, click freezedryguy.com and hurry. Sale ends soon. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's 866-404-FOOD. Plus, free shipping to the lower 48 states from the Freeze-Dry Guy. The finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available anywhere for long-term storage. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, hoodia and metabolic complex, and pro-metabolic, all on sale now. Also, the anti-parasite intestinal freedom and Warwood Plus complex, plus stevia liquid sweetener and the super enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
We actually have some more questions from our audience, Chris. You want to maybe get to one or two? Sure. You know, I think, Ray, what we need to do is, is differentiate between types of phenomenal events that are lumped together in a particular UFO category. And there's been a couple of uh, interesting articles that have come out uh, in the last few days about the Hezdalen lights. And there's been a new movie that was released a month ago based on the Brown Mountain lights and some of the legends that have been associated with it loosely, I might add. Do you think that ball of light phenomenon like uh, Hasdalen or Brown Mountain, where witnesses often feel that there are no material objects involved, are actually related to nuts and bolts types of UFOs? I think that most of them may be related to natural phenomena. Uh, let me give you an example. Um, I haven't heard from him in years. He may not be among us physically still, but there was a wonderful friend, a physicist, uh, David E. Fields, which I joke with him, that was David Energy Fields. But he was a physicist who worked for years and retired from uh apparently, uh, from Oak Ridge National Laboratories. In fact, he's the one that got me in there and did some interesting image processing on some of my UFO pictures there, and I got an invitation, hey, if you ever want to come back, you're quite welcome. Uh, but uh, I didn't. Uh, but anyway, he and his colleagues, and they had an organization they call the uh, Isochronous uh, uh, Something of Their Network. That means that they would study things that occurred simultaneously in time. But anyway, they went out to Brown Mountain, and uh, they hypothesized that these were uh, some piezoelectric effect. And so they deposited some dynamite in a, a crevice somewhere, I think it was, or I don't think they drilled, I think it was a crevice. Anyway, and from a distance, they uh, ignited the dynamite. But they did observe that it caused, this is not proof of anything, but that it did cause piezoelectric light emissions uh, above the surface of the, the uh, that part of the mountain. Uh, also, it's interesting to note, you, you've heard of the uh, the Alpine Marfa lights out in Southwest Texas. Uh, near yeah, Marfa they're and quite Alpine. famous. They've been there for yeah. at least a hundred years, if not longer. That's right. People have seen them for, you know, before we had flying technology and so, uh, but what people don't know, generally speaking, is that there's a, a range of mountains that extends right down there. And that's in there right off the South end of it. These mountains are called the glass mountains. And right up north of the highway some ways is, is, is a huge impact structure. I forget the name of it, but I, I, I stated that because I meant to meteorites and impacts. And uh, uh, the huge impact structure. And uh, the fossils, they, I was told, well, they, they call the, them glass mountains because the fossils look like they're made of glass. Well, wow, I think interesting. They, they probably are. It may be vitrifying, but for right. example, at... Uh, in the uh, in the big impact structure in Germany, where there's two cities right inside the what they call the Riefkessel, from which the uh, terrestrial rock was knocked up that fell down and became the the moldavite, some of which are pretty green and transparent. But anyway, I have fossils, in fact, in my collection that are are, are glass from the impact. Well, I think that the, those out in the glass mountains, many of them may also be glass. They may be vitrifying to the degree that now that people don't realize. I forget the age of very old impact, but I think that the way that impact they have shifted those mountains that you're still getting a tectonic stress across them. Right, and, and piezoelectric light effects. Right, and with temperature variations, as the day changes into the cooler night and so on and so forth, and you get a redistribution of the stress, you probably get some piezoelectric emissions, and that right. would be my hypothesis. Super dry air right. down there, too. But, you know, Very dry yeah, air. A lot, of, a lot of dry air, that's right. Very dry. Well, you brought up the interesting uh, word, fossil. Now, Ray, I think many of our listeners are aware of you know, really, you're becoming uh, infamous now in uh, in the scientific uh, community for some of your uncanny abilities to look down <laughs> within 
inside the Beltway in Washington, D.C. and find trackways and, and prints of dinosaurs that lay down, you know, tens of millions of years ago that probably thousands, tens of thousands of people have walked over and never noticed. Now, I, I've often, you know, when people say, well, you know, okay, Ray, yeah, you know, academia and the scientific community has, you know, has acknowledged his ability to, to find uh, tracks on the ground. Well, my standard response is, well, what do you think happens when Ray looks up? <laughs> you know, I mean, yep. as above, so below. And, yep. and I've championed your ability, uh, your observational acuity, your ability to not only detect evidence, but to analyze it. Give us a thumbnail sketch of some of your recent work in, the, in your dinosaur trackways or ichnology okay. work. Okay. And, uh, you know, where we are with the famous, uh, you know, tracks that you found at the Goddard Space Flight Center and, right. and stopped construction okay. of their new, <laughs> their new headquarters. Well, uh, let me, let me, uh, I'm glad you give me a chance to toot my little horn here. Oh, uh, I'll name a few things. Uh, one of my favorite things is the, uh, I found the only hatchling notosaur, an armored dinosaur, that ever been found in the entire world. And it's the only hatchling of any type of dinosaur that been found in the entire eastern United States, and uh, uh, it has been under peer review, published in the Journal of Paleontology, and uh, with my wonderful co-author, Dr. David Y. Sample of Johns Hopkins University, Medical University, who's one of the best-known dinosaur researchers, most highly regarded in the world, and so we published this. It was accepted. We, we made a total precedent, because never in history had anybody Accepted, got accepted for publication. In fact, they even hadn't tried to publish. This dinosaur, we have no bones and no teeth. We have the natural casts and the natural molds of the bones and the cranium, and even the details down to the end of some of the the little uh, ungulates or, or claws of the uh, the right front foot, for example, or was it the back foot? Anyway, we published this. We it was accepted under peer review. And uh, we challenged the world to begin to look at places where acidity of the, the soil has destroyed the bones and maybe even the teeth, as in this case, because it was very tiny, so it was easy to destroy, but where it's been preserved as natural molds and casts. And we hope, therefore, to set a precedent that will put a new front of discovery in paleontology. Anyway, it was published, and uh, Johns Hopkins Medical University had a beautiful news release on it. And I'm happy to say that it is... Uh, permanently displayed in the National Museum of Natural History Smithsonian Institution, proudly with my own photograph there, sitting in front of some dinosaur tracks, and beside a little notosaur footprint that I gave them is from a much older dinosaur than the hatchling. And I have also in my living room, I have another notosaur hatchling that I found. And these are right inside the D.C. Beltway, where nobody ever dreamed anywhere was going to be finding dinosaurs except in Congress. Oh, yes. <laughs> but... but uh, you know, it, it, it astonishes people. In the first place, when we look back at the history, paleontologically here, uh, some of the most famous paleontologists that ever worked in the eastern United States walked these same streams where I have found over 1,000 dinosaur and pterosaur, that's most people know them as pterodactyl tracks, and, and uh, even some wonderful mammal tracks, uh, on, the, on the world scale of, of, of absolutely a world first. Uh, for example, I have the largest mammal tracks ever found in the age of the dinosaurs, the Mesozoic. These are, are uh, out of the uh, production formation, Potomac group, and they are about 112 million years old. And yet, uh, one of them that, that we published uh, is, is so beautiful, it's, it's apparently the back foot of a marsupial mammal, and it's vastly large. It's not only the finest, most detailed mammal track ever found in the entire age of the dinosaurs, but it apparently is uh, 
pretty well diagnostic, certainly probably as a mammal, but definitely as a mammal that had a, a back foot like the opossum adapted to climbing trees because it has an opposed digit one on the back foot. We've got to do our break now. You can talk more about this creature in our next segment. I would mention the Washington Post, this story about Ray. He is the real deal here about his paleontology. Okay. Well, he's a real deal about the UFOs, too. Sure is. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV this alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 the human body is extraordinary despite all the stresses we inflict upon it it still works hard to stay in balance thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced 
This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB Extract, paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise, can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB Extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So we've changed his hat to the other one he wears, which is Ray Stanford, paleontologist. And you were talking about this marsupial-like creature, is it? Right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, this this it, is going to really rock the paleontological world when oh, it's Oh, yeah, it has. Uh, believe me. Uh, I, I, let me say that the, uh, the curator of dinosaurs of the Smithsonian was here, and he thought, he said, right, this is worthy of the cover of nature, which is the premier scientific magazine in the world. But I have larger mammal tracks, too. But we can get back to ancient flying things, not objects, but uh, organic living things. Most people know what we in science called call pterosaurs, they know them as pterodactyls because the, one of the first uh, genuses of, of uh, pterosaurs that was found was, uh, like, for example, uh, Pterodactylus cochai was a small pterodactyl that lived back in the, it was, well, his fossil was found in the Stonehopping Quarry in, in Bavaria. But the thing is, I have found a footprint, a left footprint, and it's been confirmed by numerous paleontologists, uh, professors who've seen it. It is the largest footprint of a pterosaur ever found in the entire world. It is bigger than the famous skeletal pterosaur that was found in West Texas called appropriately Quetzalcoatlus narthropi, after narthrop aviation, because it had a wingspan of over 35 feet. But this one had a wingspan of over 40 feet and weighed some hundreds of pounds, and uh, it is magnificent. It even has the compression pattern of the inner digital membrane, the so-called webbing. Uh, on, it's a, a left front foot imprint, and uh, uh, you can even see the imprint of where the wing finger, digit four, went up beside the body. You see the, the imprint it made in the, the mud as it had turned upward to go up beside the body as the creature was walking forward. Now, what is important about this, not only is it the biggest in the world, but uh, what is really amazing is that it's 112 million years old. It was thought until we found, until I found this that the largest pterosaurs existed at the end of the Cretaceous, 65 million years ago, when the, the yeah, impact this of, doubles the age. Yeah, yeah, right. And so here's the thing. I mean, here's this giant pterosaur, bigger than any that's been found even at the end, that was living here 112 million years ago. And uh, icing on the cake, I have two wonderfully huge feeding traces of this pterosaur, where this huge, this particular type of pterosaur did not have teeth. They uh, would stick their, their beak down into the sand and mud and uh, pick out whatever was living there, probably mollusks that they could crush and eat, uh, crayfish. I don't know what else they might have gotten, eels or what else, but they they would leave distinctive traces where their beak went down and pulled out. And uh, some of these, the, the substrate is thin enough. You see the wonderful uh, 
telltale of the dynamics uh, from the bottom side of it, what it was doing under the surface, as well as you turn it over and you see what it was doing on the top of the surface. And we have two feeding traces that are big enough that they certainly could have come from this huge pterosaur. Just the front footprint is uh, is uh, over 15 inches long. Wow. And if you look at that, that you've that, got to have a wing. Forget Bigfoot. That's a big bird. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, Bigfoot bird. Well, well, Ray, you've well, also, I think you, you're you the only person that's ever discovered a flying reptile that has left traces of their the small uh, clawed hands uh, in the wings, uh, actually, in that have left traces where they were uh, looking for food or something. Uh, actually, the feeding traces, I might have been the first. Uh, Lockley uh, published some. He was here, and I showed him these, and after that, he came up with a paper of some that were out west that he might have already known about, but I don't know if he had realized what they were. I can't claim that he probably did, but we don't know. But uh, people had found the, the front footprints of pterosaurs before I found them, but I am the only person that has found them east of the Mississippi, and I have oh, probably 40-some-odd 40, uh, 40 of them now. And some of them are quite small, probably from very small species. And we can tell by both the, the shape of the mantis, the front foot, or the pez, the back foot, that we have several species, several distinctive species represented. And we can even tell from studying these how they, they tend to, for example, about two-thirds of the weight of these creatures when they walked on the surface was on their front feet, but they used their back feet in shoving. And I can show you several traces where the, how they, they had to shove with the back feet, possibly to get them launched. It was quite an effort. They were not the most graceful takeoff in the world, but uh, they had to do some pretty good shoving uh, with their back feet and a, a pretty good stomp probably with the front feet as well. There's been one scientific paper that a, a paleontologist friend of mine has published on that, but we have some, some good evidence in the tracks here, and it, it's wonderful to, to be able to look in, and it, you almost have a, a time machine, and you can look back. Some of these things are so clear and wonderful. For example, there's fur around the edge of this big uh, marsupial track that I talked about, uh, you, and then there's wow. one even bigger. It's on the same substrate as a big dinosaur track there, and uh, you see the fur, and that one is fully as big as the large, uh, for example, mountain lion tracks that we found when I was on an expedition down into the set of the Pinacati area south of, of Arizona in, in the Mexican desert where the, the craters are out there. We saw big tracks of a mountain lion, and this, this guy has a footprint fully as big as a mountain lion, and he's a mammal. I mean, I, I showed this to Dr. Weissample, for example, last time he was here, and he said, Ray, there's no question, that's not a reptile, that's a mammal. Well, well, that that kind of begs the question. We've had a number of reports over the years uh, down in in West Texas, for instance, uh, down around the Great Bend area, and other places in the Four Corners area, of people reporting what appear to be uh, flying dinosaurs or, or flying reptiles that that appear to be of like a, a pterodactyl or, or a pterosaur a body shape. Uh, of course, the the ropa, I think they were called in New Guinea. Uh, there's a number of these types of creatures that have been alleged to have been seen over the years. What are the chances of, of you know, a living dinosaur I'll like say, this? I'll pull a hunting event and say, get, get me a good, uh, credible movie. Uh, it's not in Photoshop. But uh, I, I'm skeptical. On the other hand, I would be delighted. I would love to meet one. Well, maybe not not the one with the 40-foot wingspan. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. uh, you know, I'd like to meet one. But uh, and I you know and I hope they're I hope they're telling the truth. But I've seen one alleged movie down I think in New Zealand, supposedly of pterodactyl, and they're not. They're just gigantic fruit bats that live down there. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, People there's don't the... understand. There's a big difference in the in the structure of a of a bat's wing from a pterosaur's yeah. wing. Quite different. Yeah. You Quite know, I want to just ask something way out of the blue. We had Lauren Coleman on, the cryptozoologist, a few weeks ago, 
and I asked him and Chris asked him about Mothman. Okay. And he said, owls, that's it. Conventional things. What's your impression of Mothman? Well, he also said uh, Keel's, you know, literary prowess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think he's quite right, probably. Uh, Believe me, uh, I, I, in the first place, let's bear in mind, I think the first things of Mothman were published by the notorious Gray Barker. Let me tell you a little anecdote. Sure. Uh, Adamski sent me a letter uh, with a a, a copy of a letter. He said, I have received a letter from a member of the State Department uh, uh, in East Strait. Okay, I'll tell you, we've already covered this. Yeah, yeah, but let me tell you what happened. Nobody knew what it was at that time. As soon as I got it from GA, as we call it, Amsky, as soon as I got it, I called my friend John McCoy and I said, John, this is a hoax from Gray Barker. I said, look, the type on the typewriter is the same and the indentation is the same. I said, this is one of Gray Barker's stupid hoaxes. And, of course, now it isn't well known it was, but I spotted it and called it that over probably 15 years before anybody knew that it was a Gray Barker hoax. Of course, it was actually Jim Mosley and Gray yeah, Barker. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say. They, they were too. sharing yeah. all sorts of alcoholic beverages, <laughs> got a hold of the stationery. And Gray Barker, you see, had a very distinctive writing style. Yes, he did. That never varied, no matter what he wrote. And when you read the Strafe letter, the one that he sent to George Adamski, yep. that was Gray Barker. I read that letter oh, once, yeah. and I said, you know what? This looks like Barker, and I went over to Jim yeah. Mosley, and Jim Mosley and I were very close friends, especially in the 60s, the late 60s. I even worked for him. It was my first paid gig working for Jim Mosley at a really? Saucer News magazine. And I said, Jim, what's the story here? It reads like Gray Barker. And then he told me what he later revealed to yeah. everybody else okay. after Gray Barker died, that he and Gray wrote a number of letters, not just to George Adamski, but to Coral Lorenzen of the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. Gray was visited by the FBI. Did he steal government stationery? They actually got it from someone who I think was the son of a congressman. It's a long story, but we get the picture. We have Ray Stanford, who straddles a couple of worlds here, UFO research and paleontology, and excels at both. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com.
Harvest Right is the world's first in-home freeze dryer. Freeze dry your own fruits, vegetables, meats, and full meals. With Harvest Right, you can prepare foods that last 25 years, preserving its freshness, nutrition, color, and taste. All your food can be freeze dried. So don't throw away your leftovers. Freeze dry them with this incredible in-home money-saving freeze dryer. Go to HarvestRight.com to see how the Harvest Right freeze dryer works. That's HarvestRight.com. Virtually anyone can hack your cell phone and track your calls, your texts, your emails, your every movement, but only if they can detect a signal. Stay one step ahead of hackers and Big Brother with a Block It Pocket, a custom-made pocket infused with pure silver that creates a complete Faraday enclosure for your cell phone. For free shipping to the lower 48, visit BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618, BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. If you suffer seasonal or environmental allergies and your doctor has told you that the only answer is medications for the rest of your life, Dr. Peter Glidden has an alternative solution that doesn't involve drugs with terrible side effects. One of my favorite add-on products to the 90 essential nutrients for people who are suffering with allergies is a product called Cell Shield RTQ. Cell Shield RTQ. The Q in that product stands for a biochemical called quercetin, and quercetin is a natural antihistamine. It doesn't flag out your immune system like antihistamines do. To manage your allergies without a lifetime of prescription or over-the-counter drugs, order Longevity's Cell Shield RTQ today by calling 855-347-3696. That's 855-347-3696 or on the web at fireyourmdnow.com. That's fireyourmdnow.com. My name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. This is our final segment of this episode. Ray, I know when we get you on the show. Man, time flies, boy. Just like a big old pterosaur. (laughs) Time compression. That's it. It really feels like four hours, but because of time compression, it's only a half hour. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you've got any final questions or uh, statements or well, Ray, like why don't you give us? Why don't you tell us what you're up to? And you okay. know, w- so many people have been just, you know, just champing at the bit to see a DVD, something, uh, yeah. anything. Well, that- you know, I, I I tried to introduce James Fox in the 
And considering using some modern stuff instead of old blue book stuff in the movie, he said, well, it focuses on the blue book uh, unidentified, so we can't do that. But I showed him, as you said, the goodies. And so this should show to people that I am willing and ready when the right situation comes, when I know I'm dealing with people that will present it in an objective and honest way, it would do critical uh, analysis. And uh, uh, I have to come in, James, I, I, he, he's, he's a fine guy, and I, I like him very much. And uh, I, uh, regarding the, the, what I am doing, uh, I am dread- desperately, I am aware of my mortality. I mean, I, I will be 76 in June. Right. And uh, I, I desperately am trying to figure a way to get the attention of the right people and uh, to, to do this. You can't, it's so good, the evidence, that uh, and uh, let me say I can I can prove this in, in a moment here, but uh, it's so good that the scientific people, the uh, astrophysicists, aerospace engineers, they accept they recognize this immediately. It shakes them to the core. Yeah, and you have and, presented this information to some people that we can't name, but are right. super high. I mean, some of the top echelon people in our space program have already that's seen right. your evidence, and that's I right. could name names, but I won't. Right. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, indeed. And uh, the uh, uh, they have become very interested. Uh, uh, and, and for example, one of them that does a lot of flying on his uh, business with the uh, NASA. I mean, he he, uh, he he says, "I carry my camera and watch out the windows, Ray." I absolutely do. And they have been turned on. Well, I, I to show you how fearless I am about this, we're going to. I have, of course, I addressed in February first, uh, two thousand thirteen. I I was asked to speak and presented my uh, dinosaur uh, presentation to the, uh, it's called the uh, NASA, uh, NASA Goddard Space Flight Center Science Colloquium Lecture Series. And uh, uh, there's been some mighty key and important people lectured there, but I was privileged to be asked and I presented and it went over extremely well. And by the way, if anybody wants to see that, Chris, would you be willing or either one of you to pop on your site the link to my whole presentation so people can see how I talk about the dinosaur stuff? Here's a link to the NASA presentation. Would you be I'll tell you what, what we can do here is we have a link, obviously, to this episode. So you send Chris that link. I will embed it somewhere so people in our forums and our main site can get this link and check it out. Fantastic. And I, I'm now working to try to uh, undo the damage that was done to the big Notasar track I found there that became the, the fourth most carried news story in the world one day, uh, year before last. And uh, some damage was done to it, and they have uh, contracted me to uh, to try to uh, correct this damage and get it ready, along with other tracks that I found at Goddard Space Flight Center. They're about 95 million years old. Those there, and we're going to have a put up a display, permanent display, in the the beautiful, uh, quite new uh, Earth Science building at Goddard Space Flight Center of, of the tracks that I found there. So that will be nice. Isn't it sad, Ray, that there are people out there? Who will insist, maintain, that the Earth is only 6,000 years old? Oh, indeed. It's not only sad, but it worries me. Because I see these people getting more and more into politics. And I'll tell you, I I fear them as much as I fear the extremists of any other religion. It can get so extreme, it's frightening. And the irrationality that we see in some of these people is absolutely frightening. it's, It's BF ugly, if you know what BF stands for. I'm not sure, but I can guess. We well, won't bum define that word. because this is a clean family radio show. Right. Well, you, it really gets my uh, my goat and my ire up when we talk about this subject. It, it's just, I mean, our poor kids that are 
growing up being just, you know, with a kaleidoscope called the internet, they have no points of reference. They have no uh, filters. I mean, we're really, we're selling our future down, down the road. Uh, I think with the way the culture is, you know, just totally muddying the waters and, and, you know, in the case of, you know, the creationists, I mean, to me, it's, it, it's borders on criminal. Well, you know, understand we're not attacking anyone's right to hold a particular political or religious right. belief. Right. I mean, believe in what you want. And as long as you don't practice or believe in hate, feel free to agree with what we say or do feel free to disagree. And we know many of you listeners make your viewpoints known either way. I'm getting to the point where I'm really hating the fact that uh, creationism, this this medieval, uh, I mean, it's hearkening back to the 12th century, 11th century or something, and before, uh, it, it, the very fact that these types of, of quality of thinking is getting traction in our culture is horrific. Oh, yes. If the governor of Texas had his say, uh, evolution would be eradicated from the textbooks, and uh, you know, a 6,000-year-old world or so would be presented. Well, you know, the governor of Texas still hasn't figured the third government agency he'd kill if he were elected president. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, again, I, I don't want to, um, you know, impinge on anyone's right to, uh, to believe, uh, you know, politically or religious, you know, in a religious sense. But, I mean, come on. I mean, science is science. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know... I think Ray would agree that there are problems with evolution as a theory, certain aspects right. of it, um, I mean, are open to interpretation. There may be some problems. But if you compare that to a, a reality view that the Earth is uh, somewhere around 6,000 years old, I mean, to me, it is so ludicrous. And if our kids, any of our kids, are, are going to grow up with that as their primary reality view, you know, I'm, man, I'm glad I'm not going to be around for it. Well, of course, what happens is they grow up to be elected to Congress where they can talk about the fact that oh, you have something called legitimate rape. And then if a woman is sexually abused, our system will automatically shut the process down. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Real power of, uh, of uh, faith and belief here. Oh, my. Indeed. Yeah, uh, there, well, you know, we're, we're getting into politics here, Gene, and you know what happens when we get into politics? We get into trouble. Yes, like with Lauren Coleman. We spent about one minute talking about gun control. Oh, one boy. minute. And then one listener posts a message in our forums. When I heard that, I stopped listening to the show. Duh. Yeah, well. I don't know. I felt sad uh, about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll send him a 30-round mag, and uh, he can go rock and roll out on his, uh, you know, his gun range or something. As long as he doesn't go elsewhere. Ray Stanford, well, right. are yeah, you and, ever going to have I'll a buy an extra one for myself. <laughs> and then I'll buy an extra 30-round mag for myself. Just don't point it my way, okay, old friend? I have never shot a real gun, and I don't intend to. Ray Stanford, are you going to have a website or somewhere we can check out online? No, I'm sorry to say that, that I don't. I'm, I'm kind of a computer klutz. If someone wants to get a hold no. of you, someone wants to get in touch with you, Ray, Internet. can they reach you anywhere then? Yes, if they, if they want to reach me. Uh, don't send any nasty messages that won't be read. They'll just be deleted. <laughs> but uh, they, they can reach me at uh, dinosaurtracker at verizon.net. 
Dinosaur Tracker at Verizon.net. Okay. That's right. And Chris O'Brien, we can find him everywhere because he's done like 2,000 radio shows on his new book, Stalking the Herd. But he still comes back here. Well, I can't and- wait to get Ray's uh, uh, critique on, on my book. He's got a copy. And he's not talking much about it. Let me quickly tell you one thing. You should have left that stupid picture out of that, a fake picture of uh, a skeletal structure with a, with the head of something that has only a cognitive exoskeleton, namely a shrimp-like head in it. Oh. That, <laughs> I that's knew you'd like ridiculous, that. That's the most ridiculous thing. I wish you'd left that out. <laughs> if you want to find out more ridiculous pictures, there aren't any. The others are pretty good. Ourstrangeplanet.com. Right. Ourstrangeplanet.com. That's Chris's blog. You can buy a copy of the book there. And the advantage over Amazon, if you buy the copy from Chris, he will autograph it. You can check us out on Twitter. We're known as The Paracast. We are The Paracast on Twitter. We have a Facebook fan club. You can go to theparacast.com, check our web portal with every single episode available for download and our forums. Ray Stanford, thanks for joining us on The Paracast. My pleasure. Thank you. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.